Good morning. This is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Well, good morning and hello, kids, and welcome to season three and episode number two hundred and seventy eight of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryo Media Network. Yeah. My voice sounds a little better today because yesterday I had vocal practice for We Will Rock You, so my vocal warm-up has kept my singing voice nice and flexible. Today, recording day, is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, only four more shopping days till Christmas if you are observing. And it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day here at the Beaver Lodge. A little crisp, but not too cold and a nice clear sky. Perfect to go make sure that you get all those last minute things to fill your stockings. I'm your host, the eager beaver pronouns he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver, eh? And with me as always is my good friend, Mr. Grizzly. Thank you to our podcast founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Misfee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. We have a nibble for you this morning, but before we go any further, let's do the most important thing we do every day, which is ask you, Mr. Grizzly, how's your mental health doing today, sir? Well, sir, mental health, I think, is good. It's the physical health. I'm just, I'm feeling like I got hit by a truck. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, every, it's, I'm getting old, my body hurts. Uh, yeah, I'm just, just mm-hmm. head to toe, aches, pains, sore back, sore muscles, what's that? And, and physical exhaustion, because just been working so much. Two more days and I get to rest. I guess it reminds me of a song from a musical that I was in. Beneath the makeup and costumes and lights you never had guessed That I got aches and pains and fevers and congestion in my chest. <clears throat> chest. Yeah. <clears throat> Just. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I don't have congestion, but you know, aches and pains for sure. But uh, yeah, I think mentally, I think I'm good today. I just noticed it's minus 18 here in the nation's capital. Whoa, okay, it's yeah. only minus seven here. So you guys yeah, are way crisper. Yeah, this is well, first day of winter. 
So, yeah, exactly. It's sol- solstice. Winter, winter, solstice. winter solstice. Yeah. yeah so happy yeah, so. solstice for those who celebrate and observe that. The, the other day in Quebec City, I thought like it was 16 degrees above normal. It was like plus yeah. five or something. Well, we broke the record in Ottawa on Monday this week at 5.9 degrees. It was the warmest uh, day ever recorded for that date that wow. since records have been uh, kept. Wow, wow, wow. Gee. Okay. Well, I didn't think it was going to be this cold kidding. this morning, though. The forecast, when I checked it no. today, it was not supposed to be anywhere near this cold. No, just minus two or three or something, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Five. Yeah. It's plus five for Christmas Day. Not the warmest. Plus three on box at Christmas Eve. Again, not the warmest. We hit... What was it? A bunch of years back, we hit uh, 20 degrees on Christmas Day? Oh, yeah. I remember one year, many years ago, however, we had, uh, after Christmas, my partner and I at the time had rented a cottage like for two, three days where we could cross-country ski and all that kind of stuff. And it was just mud everywhere. Yeah. So we were there for about one day, and then he looked at me and says, want to go to New York City for New Year's Eve? <laughs> was, yeah, let's do that. Because <laughs> there's yeah. nothing going on here, not even the rent. So that's <laughs> of today. A little hodgepodge of stuff for you kids, just various things in the news going on. No specific theme. Um, however, I don't know if you've heard internationally, it seems that in Serbia, there was an election recently and the party that lost is asking for, I guess, the results to be overturned because it seems that there may have been cheating by the ruling party who won again. There's accusations that they engaged in some vote buying. The current president, and for now, let's say re-elected president, Alexander Vucic, called a snap parliamentary election. And apparently he said, they say that he, they won 47% of the vote according to near final count. That was a couple of days ago. But the Next, so his party is called Serbian Progressive Party, which seems to not be particularly. He seems to be very pro-Putin, and the opposition party is under a called the Serbia Against Violence Party, or, or Banner. I guess they they were running all together. They were well behind with around twenty three, but they claimed that there was fraud, and mm. they called a protest Monday evening, which did happen, and things are a little messy over there. So you may be hearing about Serbia in the news. And in Argentina, it seems that people are already protesting the new government because, well, he delivered an austerity plan. Now, of course, as we know, things have not been economically good in Argentina for a while now. They had a triple-digit inflation last time we checked. And he announced the president, Javier Millet, which you know we've shown you pictures and we always say, watch for the hair, and he's got... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid saying the word crazy, but he's got... Wild hair. It seems that he introduced economic policies that he calls shock therapy for the nation, and that includes a drastic currency devaluation in a country that has triple-digit inflation, and he has done things like reduce protections for workers, for renters. Any nationalized business can now be privatized. Basically, a whole suite of about 300 measures. And he calls it only a first step towards reconstruction. Uh, 
He's, he's that just burning this it all was down. coming. Yeah. He's burning it he all called. down, though, is what he's doing. Like, he's just going to destroy the nation. And it's not like Argentina's economy was doing good. He just... Yeah. So according to the BBC, it says, last week the government weakened the value of its currency by more than 50% against the U.S. dollar. The exchange rate was cut to, to, to 800 pesos to the U.S. dollar from roughly 391. Since 2019, Argentina has been keeping its currency artificially strong by strictly controlling the movement of the currency, and that helped drive demand for the U.S. dollar on the informal currency market, which saw the peso trading at much lower rate than the official level. So that's why he says he's doing that. But according to the BBC, wow, the inflation is now over one by about around 150% over last year. And it has low cash reserves and high government debt, while 40% of the population is living below the poverty line. So, yeah, major protests. It's almost we knew this was going to happen based on what he was saying during his campaign. But this is pretty fast mm -hmm. to start protesting a government. Of course, we saw that in the United States after Trump as well. Basically, as soon he was as he was elected, we had women in the the pink hats protesting, and then it just got worse from there. Then we had a whole bunch of lawyers and stuff protesting. When he was trying to impose his Muslim ban right off the bat as well. There were protests at airports and stuff. Again, there seems to be a script when you elect someone like this. You elect someone like this and then they try to shock you into submission and then everybody starts, well, not everybody I'm guessing, but a whole lot of people start rising up. Keep your, if you're watching the news, those might be two international news stories in addition to uh, what's going on in Israel and what's going on in Ukraine that might be uh, filling your screens over the next couple of days. Mm. Kit Sassi going, isn't Argentina the place where Russians are leaving to have babies and where Nazis run off after World War II? Trying to remember history without caffeine is dangerous. I think you may be correct there. I do believe that Argentina was a place to which former dictators and stuff did run for, uh, for a time. It's, you gotta feel you got to feel like when we're saying democracy is fragile, there yes. are some people that want to win who will do anything to win. And when we're saying, if you want change, don't just vote for change. First ask change to what? Change for the sake of change. I'm just tired of the guy. Let's change. You got to be careful what you're getting. Ontarians know that. Huh? Mm. Doug Ford? Oh, yeah. yeah. The same. You wanted change from Kathleen. Look what you got. Wouldn't. Yeah, not good at all. So just keep your eyes open for that. What else do we have for you today, my friends? Yes. The First Nations of Canada, particularly out on the prairies, are calling on Ottawa to redraft a proposed new clean water legislation because they are claiming the bill is not doing what it intends to do. Uh, the bill is supposed to ensure safe drinking water and wastewater services in their communities, but there are two groups representing more than 100 First Nations in two provinces who have reported to CB CBC News that they can't support the bill because, quote, too lax and could leave their people on the hook for problems with water treatment. This is really interesting because all the new water treatment services that have been built over the past years have come with this agreement that the federal government will provide training and also provide funding for the continued maintenance 
of these, but this seems to be almost the opposite. Chief Rupert Menin of the Tall Cree tribal government, which is based about 500 kilometers north of Edmonton, is quoted as saying, basically Canada has given me a broken down old vehicle. I'm not in any way going to take on something that's all broken down and take the liabilities on that come with it. I'm not quite sure why the bill would have been written that way because it seems to go everything go against everything the government said that it has been doing for the last eight years and what it had intended to do. And this discussion was had when it came to uh, making sure that the reserves had the potable drinking water and it seemed to have been resolved. But according to Norma Large, a policy advisor to the Chief Steering Committee on Technical Services, which represents 47 First Nations in Alberta under Treaty 6, 7, and 8, Quote, the bottom line is that this bill is not meeting the mark. The proposed law is meant to protect freshwater sources and establish minimum national drinking water and wastewater standards in First Nations to create a new First Nations-led water institution to support communities and provide sustainable funding for maintaining water quality. So it seems the objectives are good, but that the bill is not written in a way that would achieve those goals. Norma Large says that her committee fears that the federal government is dumping clean water responsibilities onto First Nations without first dealing with the water crisis it created through the underfunded reserve system and restrictions imposed under the Indian Act. The hmm. government is saying that these are issues that can be resolved and discussed as the bill is going through process, so you don't you don't have to worry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Both are clearing. Both Large and Menin are claiming that they tried to ad address this issue with the government before the bill was tabled and that they weren't properly consulted. In fact, Menin says we were ignored. Now, the government says the bill is the result of historic consultations with First Nations partners. But it does not seem that there's agreement there. Curious. Yeah. Now, Patty Haidu, who's the minister responsible for this, her press secretary, Simon Ross, says that the draft version of the bill was posted online and sent individually to all First Nations chiefs, and an updated version was shared with them last summer. I'm not sure if writing a bill and sending it to people is consultation enough. I, does, the article doesn't say how much consultation was took place prior to those drafts being sent to the chiefs. Ross said that Minister Haidu met twice with Treaty 8 First Nations in 2023 and once with the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs in April 2023. That would not be a lot of consultations if that happened before the drafting of the bill. But Grand Chief Kathy Merrick of the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs said First Nation leaders still weren't adequately informed. And she says that she is disheartened. Ottawa says it co-drafted the bill with the Assembly of First Nations, which took the lead on the file in 2018. Quote, while the AFN has called upon all parties to support the bill, we understand that some First Nations partners still feel like, the, like their concerns did not make it to the final version, said Ross, who added those concerns can be addressed as the bill makes its way through Parliament, as I just mentioned. Barrick says the AFN, which represents more than 600 First Nations across the country, should have done more to seek community approval, so it seems it's the AFN as well that may not have done enough in this case. Uh, as we know that the AFN was going through a little turmoil with uh, regard to its former uh, national chief basically being removed from her position by the council and a new national chief who has been brought in. I believe her name is Cindy Woodhouse, who was elected as the national chief on uh, December 6th 
after a vote uh, that went uh, to six ballots. And it was left to, I guess there was David Pratt and her left on the ballot, and David Pratt conceded. This also led to some people within the Assembly of First Nations to say that Cindy Woodhouse's vote was not legitimate because a vote, the person has to win at least 50% of the vote, and on the final ballot, nobody had got 50% of the vote, and Woodhouse won by David Pratt conceding, not by having another round of voting that reached the 50%. Don't know with regard to the organization what that means or if it sets the basis of an, an actual grievance on that level, but the, that took place. So there was some transition there. I don't know if that could have affected the level of attention that the AFN could have given to this issue at the time. But it seems at the fault, according to the nations that are have concerns, because I don't want to say complaining here, have legitimate concerns, go extends not only to the government, but to the AFN as well. I hope that this can actually get resolved during the process. Pibikamek Cree Nation Chief David Monius says that First Nations need proper infrastructure and resources to ensure they can produce safe drinking water. He's quoted as saying, right now we don't have that in place. And his community is located more than 770 kilometers north of Winnipeg. The, those who have concerns say that the bill uses the term best efforts to describe the government's obligation to ensure access to safe drinking water and funding. And they claim that this language is inadequate. Best efforts are not good enough, essentially, you, you need to do it. That Chief Alan Adam of the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation in northern Alberta, approximately 700 kilometers north of Edmonton, is quoted specifically as saying, best efforts is not strong enough. It has to be concrete. So it's almost like a Yoda thing. Right? So do some, or do not, there is no try. It seems that way, yes. Yeah. And or do not. There is no try. No, that was exactly. kind of the frog. But, you know. <laughs> and Chief uh, Alan Adam says uh, specifically, no shortcut should be taken when it comes to safe drinking water. When you turn your tap on in the city, we should have the same assurance that the tap water is good for us on the reserve. He is right. Oh, yeah. No question. He is right. Absolutely right. So that is going on, Kits. Do you have anything, Mr. Grizzly? couple of little things. I have a very strange tweet from Angus Reed of all people. Ooh. I don't. Yeah, I'll put this on the screen and read it to you. I'm, I'm, dude, this is not smart of him to say this. We're all supposed to be driving EVs in the 2030s. Imagine the performance of an EV in midwinter Winnipeg. And then there's immigration. One million newcomers in 23. Was there a debate about this level? What kind of alternative reality exists in Ottawa? Government mm. or opposition? Mm. And the very first response is from Markham Hislop. I like him. I do too. Maybe delete this dumb tweet. Battery energy density is rising 7% per year and set up for a step change with solid state and other innovations. Chinese EV makers are about to release a 1,000 kilometer range batteries. So if in 2035 an EV in the peg loses 50% charge, no big deal. I'm like, as a pollster, it's a really bad take. And if you go to his Twitter page, he's like, sociologist, PhD, prepared to put my own spin on the unfolding dynamic. Dyslexic. Sorry. 
viewsmine.angusreed.org, which routinely polls Canadians. But the thing is, dude, you are the face of the company. To yep. say something as ridiculous as that, how am I supposed to take you seriously? Yep. Well, and that's the thing that a debate that's been coming up a lot. Journalists, politicians, owners of polar companies, heads of organizations. When a Twitter account that sometimes makes me, my eyes open wide is a David Jacobs, who apparently was the president of the Ontario Association of Radiologists or something. Mm -hmm. And he is super anti-Trudeau and says some really thing interesting things and it's Ontario Association of Radiologists are you, do you know your president is saying these types of things yeah there's I understand that people have a public life and a personal and life yes, and you know the times that you, you when you're speaking you wear your hat on the behalf of your job your organization and then on behalf of yourself but for example when it comes to polling mm -hmm. everybody kind of assumes that Angus Reed leans right to begin with in terms of the manner in which it polls and according to 338.com uh, it does not have an a plus rating <laughs> among polling companies um it's they give ratings right when you look at 338.com canada.com uh when you're looking at the polls federally they give them what the polling aggregator gives them a weight so you know your poll is based on recency and the size of your sample and all that kind of stuff but also the rating of your company and leger has an a plus abacus data has an a minus main street has an a minus research company has an a but angus reed has a b plus and innovative research have a b minus those are the two that according to the polling aggregator are the least accurate least reliable mm -hmm. now i mean b plus and b minus is not terrible as opposed when most every other company reaches an a plus an a minus or an a and there's only two that are b minus b plus you need to raise your game and that's why i don't understand why sachi curl from angus reed gets so much public profile especially on ctv and cbc they're always interviewing people from angus reed they even got her to moderate one of the debates and she's the one that delivered that question during the last debate i can't remember what it was mm. off the top of my head but that ever had everybody's eyes open up like toonies again did she actually just say that in the question mm -hmm. if your reputation as a polling company is the quality of your work the quality of your polling the quality of your data which is why abacus for example and david coletto is so respected when you comment privately on things like EV batteries don't work and hey, baby, did we have a talk about how many immigrants were? And you're already suspected to leaning right as your polling company? Yeah. Not a good If look. I was looking for someone to do some public opinion research for the True North Eager Beaver, that's not the door I would be knocking on. No. Like, bro, the, not a good look. The owner of the polling company should not be the story. The director of communications, I'm looking at you, Sarah Fisher, should not be the story. Yeah, no kidding. There are jobs like where you're supposed to be, you are supposed to be invisible and you're supposed to let the work speak for itself.
you're not that journalists when you have you make private commentary on your feed now of course there's a balance right you want people to know you Mm -hmm. which is for example why we share a little bit about ourselves we do the podcast we want people to get to know us as people so that when we report stuff on this show where we're coming from as human beings but if on my personal feed i was like all you damn white people and always oppressing us like this and now all you drunken natives and all you mm-hmm. and then when i come and report about drinking water how can i take you seriously if you did that but i just you, I, you need to be consistent across your platforms yeah. that's your yeah. brand because the bias otherwise shows and you can't say well my, my personal views have nothing to do with the company that's named after you that that's what you're saying you may want to pump your brakes mr reed yeah just a little in other bad takes i'm going to show you something from the toronto sun and then i'm going to read a, a comment about it so i'm going to put this on the screen it's editorial cartoon and it's done in really bad taste ooh Oh, way to go, Toronto Sun. You've managed to, one, insult Ukrainian dignity during their existential struggle for survival, two, perpetuate anti-Semitic stereotypes, and three, advance Putin's propaganda efforts, all in one cartoon. Real slick. Okay, to describe it to the kids who are listening, it's basically Volodymyr Zelensky and Joe Biden walking down the hallway. We see them from the back. Biden's got his arm around Zelensky. Zelensky's wearing a, his military jacket uniform. It's written Ukraine on the back. And you see his profile from the side because he's looking at Biden. They drew they his really nose. His profile there. That's, and he a, does not look like it that. It doesn't look anything all. like that. It's a caricature, right? But that he doesn't look anything fat. like that. They made him darker. Yes. Than he is as well. They almost made him look Arab. Yes. And he's basically lifting Biden's wallet out of his back pocket. Way to go, Toronto son. We know exactly who you are. When people show you who they are. And and also tropes, right? Because Zelensky is Jewish and Mm -hmm. Jewish and money. Yes. And then they they gave him a giant nose nose that he doesn't have. This is beyond. Wow. Yeah. Uh, This is in the Toronto Sun. I just, yeah. I saw this morning and I'm like, is that real? Oh, it's real. And here's the thing. I saw a digital version. This is a photograph of the image from the paper. Like, Adrian, Adrian Batra, editor-in-chief. You might want to have a look at what you're doing as an editor because that was... Wow. wow. I'm, I'm Speechless? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. Mouth agog that is terrible well and here don't forget the ageism and and let's take another look at this for a second if we shall and here's where the ageism comes in joe biden is not bald no yeah joe biden does has a lot more hair than that on the top of his head they show him as bald in the back and he's not sure his hair is thin but he's got a full head of hair so uh, the toronto sun just reached a new low and there's one idiot. How on this? How on earth is this anti-Semitic? Oh, like really? really? Where have you been the last eighty years? Like, 
Well, wow. That is, you just destabilized me. <laughs> that is so bad. Wait till you see I'm this sorry, next I should not thing. be laughing, but that's. Wait till you see this I'm, next thing. It, it's, it's a laugh of embarrassment. I'm embarrassed for the set and whoever. Whoa. Ever notice that all the most diabolical villains throughout cartoon history all share the same distinguishing features? Yep. Hooked nose. Yeah. Weird teeth. Rubbing their hands together. Yep. Like, diabolically. Yep. You and got then, Sam Snidely. You got Gargamel there. You got. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so horrible. Well, this is what they did to Vladimir Zelensky. This altered anti-Semitic image of a stereotypical plotting Jews appeared in a blog article that asked if American taxes would replenish the coffers of Lehman Brothers. The original image is from a white supremacist website. Toronto Sun, get your shit together. You have sunk to a new low. I just, I don't know. And, and somebody's like, how on earth is this anti-Semitic? Okay. <laughs> I, wow. If, he, if I have to tell you. Yeah. That. Oh my God. I am shocked. Be unbelievable. Okay, we let's go to one that's a little less shocking, perhaps. Mr. Grizzly, I have one for you that I saw yesterday that I really liked. Okay. It's about the dental care plan. You're gonna need to blow that up a bit if you yeah. can, sir. All right, I'm gonna need to blow that up. All right. It is for those who are that's, I think that's about as big as I go. Oh, there we go. Get there, it. Go. there you go. If you would put it up there. there. And there you go. It's Jugmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau acting as dentists. They have their dental masks on. And Jugmeet Singh is holding a bag of cement. <laughs> and Justin Trudeau has a cement spreading tool. And Pierre Polièvre is in the chair. And his mouth is full of cement. And the prime minister is quoted as saying, this dental plan allows us to fill some cavities. <laughs> I like that one. Justin sits there with a trowel. <laughs> I love that because it has love. And both of them have a completely unimpressed look on their faces. <laughs> mm. And uh, yeah, describing Pierre Polyev as a cavity that needs to be filled. I think that's accurate. He's pretty yeah, much an empty yeah. suit. <laughs> so, see, that's how you do an editorial cartoon. Indeed. That will raise the hackles of conservatives and make other people giggle. And the few conservatives that, who are left who still have a sense of humor may actually enjoy it. <laughs> but, ooh, but the, that one from the sun, no. See, and th that's the difference, right? between a cartoon that is cutting or biting. You might be going, ooh, harsh, but fair. Versus, what the fuck? <laughs> There's a fine line. There's a fine line. 
but that cartoon that Volodymyr Zelensky and Biden cartoon that <clears throat> yeah they've crossed it this isn't even like slightly tiptoeing across the line or gingerly pushing one toe across the line to see what will happen they did a triple jump <laughs> with a running start <laughs> and just whoa wow yeah I'm, i there's a movement there as nasty as you want to be people are doing it they're indulging in it and it's it's not a good look it is not a good look well in in other news and commentary when it, regarding Pierre Polyev or PP or Skippy the Wonder Pigeon or Skippy or Jeff as his real name is I'm told Jeffy Pop yeah there's a comment I hear on Twitter from Ashley Ashley Betty at like her too. Art, a -R artist artiste Ashley A R T I S T E A S H L E I I mm -hmm. follow her and her commentary is, as a queer person, the rhetoric and hatred that Pierre Polyev is currently spewing about the 2S LGBTQ plus population is worrisome. I would no longer feel safe if he were ever elected as PM. She is not alone in that statement. I know a lot of people who have said basically the same thing, including you, sir. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't think I can pull it up uh, quickly because I don't remember the title or the tweet to which I referred, but yes, he gave an interview, I believe, and it was reported in the National Post. Yeah, to Rex Murphy. Thank you. And in it, he, I think he's decided to go all in mm -hmm. on the anti-rainbow anti stuff because he, he tried to make us believe that he didn't read the t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Right. And he did like tell him. us that he was going to get back to us on what it was he was going to do to celebrate our freedoms as rainbow people to live in love the way we do. Is he getting back to you yet? I am still, when you have two sisters and one's very popular and one's a little more homely and bookish, I'm the homely bookish sister on prom night, still at home in my dress, waiting for the phone to ring to see if somebody's going to ask me to go. He never got back to us. He just ghosted us. I found the article here. Polyev doubles down on parental rights, pitches disaffected NDPers in Rex Murphy's year-end National Post interview. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev says he maintains a commitment to, quote, parental rights. Not a thing. And again, thing. which parents? It's clearly, it's only the parents who agree with you because the parents who don't, apparently, they don't have rights, right? If we're talking about parental rights, it's supposed to be the rights of all parents, those mm -hmm. who agree with you and disagree with you. But we don't talk about the ones, right? It's just only the rights of parents who agree with us. And he feels the same way about indigenous people when it comes to oil and gas, right? He says, what about indigenous people who choose to have oil and gas? Yeah, those are the only ones you support and only in that domain. And That's then right. once you get the oil and gas, then you forget that they live and still pollute their drinking water. Well, yeah, a few so, billion liters of drinking water polluted. If we can, if we can, another profit off of it. <laughs> yeah. So while making a play for disaffected NDP voters and laying out a different approach for limiting emissions in an exclusive National Post video interview with columnist Rex Murphy, why does he still have a job, and why are they trying to keep him relevant? Mm -hmm. 
During a discussion about how political ideologies are influencing universities and public schools, Paliev noted that he supported two conservative premiers in Saskatchewan and New Brunswick who had implemented provincial policies requiring principals and teachers to inform parents or get their consent if their child opted to change their pronouns or name while at school. It's one of the few areas where Polyev, who has mostly stuck to pocketbook issues in his attacks on the government, has been willing to pick a fight on a cultural issue. The conservative leader framed... I'm not sure that's true, National Post. He's calling everything woke all the time. Mm-hmm. And always saying leftist, radical ideology and stuff like that. I'm not sure that the trans issue is one of the few. That's doing a lot of work there in this article here. The conservative leader framed the issue inside as consistent overarching themes of freedom and getting rid of gatekeepers saying that politicians should let parents raise their kids freely, which means that parents who are also okay with children determining for themselves how it is that they would prefer to be referred to, right? Isn't that a freedom? Shouldn't parents be free to raise their children that way? Quote, if I were to create a political party from scratch, it would be called the Mind Your Own Damn Business Party. People can make the decisions of who they marry, who they date, how they live their lives, but also how they raise their kids. Do you hear the inherent inconsistency here? Because this policy is a school and a provincial premier determining that they know better for your kids than you or your kids. And that they are going to take, once again, I keep on saying it, the most private, sensitive, delicate information that there is about a child. And they're going to appropriate it and make it theirs to do with it what they will. Everybody says school shouldn't be keeping secrets. It's not keeping secrets. And again, logically, if a school shouldn't be keeping secrets, a school shouldn't be sharing secrets as well. The secret does not belong to the school if you're calling it a secret. It is privacy, not secrets. A child, as a human being, has a fundamental right to privacy. And for a school to step in and say, no, you don't, this private information about yourself is now ours and we're going to do with it what we want, and we as a school and a school board and a premier know more what's going on in your home than you, the child, If we're talking about the mind your own dad business party, why are the premiers in the schools not minding their own dad business with regard to a child's gender identity? A child comes in and says, no, I would prefer Michelle rather than Michael. You say Michelle, just mm-hmm. as I would say, I prefer Douglas rather than Doug. And you move on with your life. Yeah, what's the big deal? What There's no need the to report deal? this. Well, and then they go, you've got people who have been radicalized beyond belief are going, well, they're showing them graphic sexual images in school and no. you know, they're getting surgery and mutilating their no, body. No, that's not part of, of their curriculum. Happening. There's nothing in the curriculum that advocates that says, hey, kids, there's no teacher that wakes up one day and says, hey, kids, today we're going to talk about different people. <clears throat> it's, it's like, there are black people, there are white people, there are Muslims, there are Christians, there are gay people, there are straight people, there are trans people. And kids, trans people, yes, they're a thing. And if ever you want to change your gender, I'll help you with that. That does not happen. It is not part of the curriculum. When everybody's talking about policy 713 in New Brunswick and saying, oh, well, parents have a right to be involved in the lives of their child and 
all that kind of stuff. And you got to be aware of what's going on in school and schools are teaching. All this. No, the curriculum is that different people exist. And because people are different, doesn't mean that we treat them less than other people. That's it. That's the curriculum. It's like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It says, we have to respect parental rights, and I stand for parental rights. There we go. Like this, watch how many times. We have to respect parental rights, and I stand for parental rights because I trust parents to make the right decisions for your kids. Well, no, you don't. You don't. Because what you want is the school to intervene and go tell parents, hey, do you know your kid is doing this? Well, if the kid is doing that, maybe it's because their parents raised them to do that. Either because the parents were okay or because the kid knows that the parent is not okay. And therefore they don't want it. But either way, the parent raised the kid to make the decision that they're making. For good or for ill. I have a a story here that I sent a link uh, in the chat to you. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm not going to read the story because it's a little disturbing for a lot of people, but this will go back to the whole parental rights thing that Pierre Polyev keeps thinking about and talking about. Um, Edmonton parents facing 100 plus charges in alleged abuse case involving shock collar on kids and dog torture. That's all I'm going to read because the disturbing the story is really disturbing to the point where the the advocate, the center, says, the, I'm trying to find the line here from the story. It says it's the worst. Okay, here it is. Uh, Edmonton Police Services says this is the absolutely worst case of child abuse they have ever seen. It's 104 charges. I don't want, I'm not going to read it because it's really disturbing, but if anybody wants to, I will put a link to it in the chat. You're free to read it at your own discretion. It's a trigger warning. It's really rough. The, the alleged, the victims are allegedly the father's six child, six children and one grandchild ranging in age from two to 13. Mm-hmm. And he, and here's where Polyev really lays it on. If you're paying attention to this man at all, this is not true. Quote, this is a key area where Justin Trudeau and I just disagree. He believes that he should be able to impose his radical ideology on other people's kids by demanding provinces implement his thinking and calling anyone who disagrees, whether they're Muslim or Jewish or Christian parents, hateful. Never said that. And so I think he should butt out and let parents raise kids. That's why my role as prime minister is not going to be to impose my values on other people. It's to get out of their faces and run a competent government. Are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) I love that Rachel Gilmore commented on this. I'm listening to Polyev's interview with Rex Murphy. Let me start by saying this. If any unestablished journalist showed as much naked deference to a politician during an interview as Rex is showing to Polyev right now, they'd probably never work again. His whole thing is you are free to live according to how I tell you to. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I'm not is. here to impose my values. And then there was another article in the Toronto Star a few weeks ago about here saying at the beginning of the month, I'm not here for a free lunch. Dude. We're spending much, how much money per month is $16,000 a day or something he's spending on self-promoting and self-aggrandizing. Mm -hmm. self he mm -hmm. just spent a year and a half or, or something like this crisscrossing the country, collecting salary and benefits for not doing his constituency MP work. His whole life has been a free lunch. He's been in parliament for 20 years and he sponsored seven bills, only one of which have passed. One. In he's 20 had 20 years. years of free lunches. Yeah. I'm not here for tell a lie, make it big. <laughs> Repeat it often. When if you're listening to Dean Blundell's show, when he called, when he says that Pierre Polyev is Canada's big lie, it's like everything out of his mouth, especially if it's about himself. It's always a lie. It's like Justin Trudeau wants to impose his radical ideology on people. And if you don't agree with him, you call him hateful. Justin Trudeau hasn't set any transgender policy with children at all. None. Zero. And if he's ever commented on it, it's basically we should respect human rights. I you can't and I've made the analogy before for example if you are a woman and you are pregnant and you decide you want an abortion should the doctor be mandated to call someone in your family say no. this person is making a very important decision that I think you should be aware of if you decide to elope does the people at the department or the, the place of government that grants the marriage license then pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, do you know your daughter or your son's eloping? If you go to the free clinic to get checked for STDs and you happen to be married, does the people at public health call your spouse and say, uh, do you know that your partner has been uh, fooling around on you mm. or has come in for an STD test? If you go to the pharmacy and get your Viagra prescription, does the pharmacist call your wife or your husband and say, do you know that your partner is picking up Viagra? Because if you happen to be in a sexless marriage mm -hmm. and your partner is getting Viagra, it's clearly not to be used with you. Now is it? But for some reason, when it's kids about how they choose to be referred to, how they choose to be referred to, a, the most fundamental, oh, a little kiss, hello, the most fundamental thing, your own identity. Mm -hmm. right? When I was on Dean's show. I kept on saying, no, it's Douglas. Hey, Doug, how do no, it's Douglas. Hey, Doug, hey, it's Douglas. What the hell, man? I've told you mm -hmm. five times it's Douglas. Mm -hmm. Why are you insisting on calling me Doug? What's your problem? Who, who was that? No, I'm just saying that was an example I was giving. Oh, oh, right? oh. When you tell, right. when you keep on telling somebody what your name is and they keep on insisting on using the wrong name, at some point you're going to turn around and go, hey, 
What's up with that? Why are you being weird? This is like, she, no, he, she, no, he, she, no, he, what's your problem? It's like the most fundamental, it's entry level respect. Call me by my name. Refer to me by my pronoun. Wasn't that the name of a film? Call me by my name. Yes. But it's, it's before respect 101, whatever comes before, that's what that is. And they have a problem with that. And it's, well, because you're under 16, you can't possibly be aware of yourself. Like, there are children under 16 because, who go to court to emancipate themselves. Mm -hmm. There are children under 16 who have more say in medical decisions with when they're getting treated for leukemia than they're being given right to be referred to words just using words yeah and here's come the on how difficult is it for you to show respect to another human being by calling them the way they what they want to be called especially a child how is that difficult for you if you have a problem with that you need more therapy than i do because how, come on how many children play pretend there's a marco go yeah. do that it's not Marco. I'm Sir. John. Okay. Sir, Sir poops a lot. How about you? Say, thank you. Because we indulge children all the time. All that type of stuff. Now, I'm a princess. Oh, okay. Hello, Princess Maggie. Right? But it's Michelle, not Michael. It's mm -hmm. John, not Jean. Mm hmm now we have a problem come on come come on yeah come on so, so if you have a problem with it just imagine the kids are playing pretend and imaginary and run with it if you really think it's a phase run with it they'll grow out of it why do you need to involve the state It's just, well, and like Cassie pointed out, there were 18 letters in Saskatchewan that prompted Mo to come up with his plan, 18 letters. And I'm wondering, uh, I think it was Reed that said, I wonder if that was PBCC who can help that letter writing camp, 18 letters, and they're going to change the rules for everybody. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. They're making rules for everybody yep. that nobody asked for Get 18 saucy. people. There's a million people in Saskatchewan, 18. Come on. Yep. Got Kitsasi here. There are saying these are the same people who do not see children as people. They see children as extensions of themselves to be modeled and shaped for their own failed ambitions. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Hey. We got we to gotta wrap her up. I got to get into the office. We can have a long show tomorrow, but I got stuff to do today. I do want to drop a little thing on you here. And uh, Okay, dokie. Who could have seen this coming? Canada's healthcare system overwhelmed with steep rise in respiratory viruses and low uptake of vaccines. Mm. Mm. Linda points out here more than 18 people objected to Scott Moe's policy, but they ignored that number. Interesting. Yep.
I think they're, what is it they say all the time? They're ramming this down my throat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, and, and, and if you're listening to year end interviews, by the way, Scott Moe just recently gave an interview where he focused on talking about education. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to listen to that or read it if you, you come across it, because the answers are literally tons of word salad. When you were talking about how deferential Rex Murphy was to Pierre Baudiev, the person who did this interview with Scott Moe was equally as deferential. Mm-hmm. Just literally took, he literally said nothing during the entire interview and made points such as we're going to support I support the people who elected us or something instead of everyone. There, there are little just turns of phrases in there where you're sitting there. Isn't your job supposed to support everyone, not just those who elected you? So when he, this is like completely consistent. I got 18 letters saying there's huge public demand for this. And it was like, you had 100 people protesting. It's like, but I got 18 letters. Only the people that voted for me. That's who he's governing for. That's who he's governing. Nobody for. else. He literally said he he let the trip slip the truth slip out. Hey, hey, hey. And he's still at 54% popular. I don't get it with this. Anyway, hey, get some cubs. That's the end of the Daily Beaver morning show. We hope that you enjoyed listening to us because we enjoyed making this for you. Remember that sharing is caring and word of mouth is priceless. So please tell your peeps and poops all about us. We like that very much. And if you would like to make sure you do not miss an episode, well, you don't have to. Thanks to the Ray Girl. Yes. Thanks to the Ray Girl, you can go to our pod page site. That's podpage.com slash the true north eager beaver, lowercase letters with a hyphen between each one of those words. And there you go, that little squiggly that just appeared. And that allows you to subscribe to us. And when we have something fresh off the bandwidth, it will come to you. And if you do subscribing to stuff, hey, we have a YouTube page, True North Eager Beaver. Yes, you go there and you will find all of our shows and our podcasts, which could only be found there. If you like to watch those a little more relaxed and you go there and you click on like, share, subscribe, make like Kit Elaine. There you go. Oh, who tells us that Laura Babcock is on Dean's show this afternoon? And uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened last Friday. Uh, I was supposed to be on Dean's show and nothing happened and I haven't heard back yet. So I don't know what happened last Friday. So, so I'm sorry for getting your hopes up. Hopefully we'll be able to reschedule. Uh, but yeah, the show didn't happen last Friday. So just don't want to let you know. Don't want you to think that I was misleading you there. Just something came up and I got bumped or something or the show didn't happen. It happens. Yeah, it happens. But yes, please tune in to listen to, to Laura Babcock because as she's fabulous. And Dean, I'm sure we'll have a in, very interesting set of questions <laughs> for her, oh, no given doubt. that he knows oh, a no lot doubt. more about the Doug Ford stuff than even we do here. So again, our okay, YouTube page, share, subscribe, go there. And if you would like to help us in another way, again, as we keep on saying, because it is the season, only after you have done your Christmas shopping and after you've done something good for yourself and done something good for the world, if you'd like to send a couple of dollars our way, especially since the end of the year, well, you can do that via our coffee page. That's where you will find the Eager Beaver Lodge Emergency Hydration Fund, the squiggly that should be right by Mr. Grizzly's head. Okay, I'll lead you there if you're scanning it live. 
and you will find our tip jar there. And today I do have the names because I can thank the people who have given us uh, some tips. And at the end of the year, Kits, you guys have been really good to us. Thank you to Kit Cassie for a quote. She says, thanks for making my mornings a little brighter when it's tough being a progressive. And we have Kit Eve who says, thank you for doing all you do. You are both amazing and sent us a little heart. Thank you so much, Kit Eve. We have Kit Misadeka. Thank you and family saying, love you guys so much. Thank you. XOXOXO. And uh, we return them. Thank you for the support and love. We have Kit Cheryl says, thank you. I love the caring and sharing your podcast provides. Oh, thanks. That's a sweet thing to say. We have a new Kit, Kit Vim, who recently discovered us and has paid us a lot of compliments on Twitter. And she says, thanks for the truthiness and brilliant political analysis go team canada and she particularly likes our integrity and she referred to us as journalists which i said we're not journalists but we we do like facts first and a logical reasonable approach and she says well that goes to your integrity and we need more of that thank you kit vim really appreciate it and welcome to the beaver lodge and finally kit plain power slash h boychuk Merry Christmas, you wonderful humans. Much love to you and to yours as well. And thank you for the generous support. There you go, kids. Again, you are so good for us and so good, good to, to us. us. For and to us. Both. Yes, it's a combo. That's a two it's for combo. That's yeah. a two for right there, kids. Absolutely. I'll tell you what that is. Yeah, yeah. Because democracy is something that you do. Get your shots. Take care of your health, right? It's completely selfish. We want you here for the long run. We want you to stay with us. So take care of your health, get your shots, make a little donation to the Red Cross if you can, and write those letters. Write those letters. Ask for meetings. And if you have the time, consider running for something. We need you. If you can do it. If Put you your body in the Not game. Not everybody can. Not everybody can. That. But if you can. Takes a thick and, skin. And remember, everywhere, if for the holiday season, you do not have money, but you do have time. A lot of places could use your time right now. All right, Mr. Grizzly, do you have some words of wisdom, please? I, I, I know, go, eh? I'm going to go simple and light today, and I'm going to show you a picture, and it'll speak for itself. And I'll read the I'll read the picture to you because there's stuff on it that needs to be read. But it's one of those things where the MAGA cult has gone, well, let me just, I'll put the picture and then read about it in a second. So for those of you listening, it's a picture of a very attractive woman on a beach somewhere and she's posing and she's obviously a woman who spends a great deal of time in the gymnasium and lifts a lot of weight. She's incredibly fit and ripped with a full six pack. And the comment on her photo from somebody says, if you're attracted to her, you're a latent homosexual. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Oh, I've seen and that the before. Comment, yeah. The comment below it is, well, we've done it, boys. We've come full circle. It is now gay for us to be attracted to women. It's just, is I had it to go because, with something a little bit light and funny because I just. I, is it because she clearly does squats? I just don't understand people some days, man. I'm telling you. People are weird, man. Especially, like, I keep on saying it, kids. Repression makes people say and do weird shit. So let your freak flags fly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mr. Grizzly, 
uh, roll the credits, please. <laughs> Good morning. This is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver Podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum. And The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. All right. So you want to know something ridiculous before we get to the Easter egg? Yeah. I get a copyright violation every day and I have to respond to it every day. And every day I send them the same damn information. And then the next day they send me, oh, congratulations. The copyright infringement has been lifted. You can monitor. And each time I go, why do I have to do this every damn day? We're on five days a week. This There's the same music at the front and the end. It's paid for. It's licensed. Stop doing this. And I have to do it every day because the algorithm flags it. It's just, I thought AI was supposed to be intelligent. Apparently it is not. Only as intelligent as the people who program it. So your Easter egg, sir. Yes, this comes from Mr. Otter, Ryan Lindley. He stumbled upon this, and I think this might be your Queen Beaver's actual theme song. Well, it says, if you're looking for a good reply when you have no words, I have the solution for you right here. Let's have a listen. Bitch, I <laughs> don't play. I'm petty. And I'm known to throw shade, hate in a hole. Please just go, don't get cute, just walk away. That's my theme song. <laughs> you got it right there. All right. I'll see you. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.